episode 68 of the Holy Cannoli Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Great to uh, do this. It gives me a fun outlet of connecting with people. And I wanted to say thank you. You know, I have uh, many different communities I'm involved with, whether it's our Brave Maker community or my church community uh, or this Holy Cannoli community. And there's crossover here and there. Uh, everything that I do really is supported from people like you who believe in this work that I'm doing and have donated to my nonprofit. I have one family who's just amazing. They have personally been contributing to me and to my family for our survival in the Bay Area since I started the Brave Maker journey in 2018. It is incredible to me that someone would invest in me like this, like a true patron. And I want to just humbly ask if there are any of you out there who are listening, who would like to help me continue to do this work, can you contact me? Uh, I just have some big needs coming up in 2023, really trying to get some big projects off the ground when it comes to the film work that we're doing. And right now I'm working, I have four different jobs. I have four different uh, part-time gigs, if you will, that allow me to support my family every month. And I'm looking to somehow in 2023, narrow some of this stuff down so that we can, uh, so I am not so spread thin. If this is interesting to you, let me know. Or if you want to become a monthly donor to the Brave Maker uh, group, the media work that I'm doing that helps me do this Holy Cannoli podcast, go to bravemaker.com slash donate, or you can use the word uh, Brave Maker and text it to 44321. Just text the word Brave Maker to 44321. Thank you so much. God loves you. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, all of you. Here's my Advent message from The Quest. You are listening to the Holy Cannoli Podcast. It's all about making sense of life, who we are, and why we're here. Life is sacred and life is strange. And here's our dad, Tony Gapastone. Yasmin Sadler is going to come up and read our scripture for our Advent candle. It will also be on the slides uh, on the screens. comes from Matthew chapter 2. This is something that we do every Sunday coming up to Christmas Eve. It's the longing and the expectation of waiting for the Christ child uh, through scripture. Yes, me. Good morning. Okay, now it's on. Good morning, everybody. Uh, happy Sunday. Uh, my name, once again, Yasmin Sadler, and I'm a Quest member and also part of the um, leadership, um, what is it, leadership team? Yes. <laughs> so happy to be here today with all of you, and I will be reading some scripture. Um, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from Eastern land arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called the meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people, Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, 
go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way. And the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Thank you. And Yasmin, you get to light that candle. As Yasmin lights the final candle... Uh, you'll see on the screen in front of you uh, three prompts. And we'll start with uh, the first one and give space between each one. We've been doing this for the past four weeks as a way to enter into wonder. The whole series we've been uh, sitting in this month has been called Christmas Wonder. And so here are three different wonder statements that we get to wonder about. That I also wonder if maybe Mary or uh, Joseph or the wise men had these same wonderings in the story as well. So I'll give space between each one. This is for us to just reflect in silence or out loud. If someone would like to fill in a blank, you're welcome to do that as well. Here we go. I wonder if I'm in the right place. I wonder what I'm missing. And I wonder what God might be trying to say to me. God, we want to hear you. You are a mystery, you are a creator, you are a father, a parent, you are a friend, you are a lover, you are the one who speaks life into existence, you are the storyteller, you are so many things and more. You are, I am. And we thank you for these ancient, mysterious Truths and stories you have passed down through generations, through faithful people who've tried to make sense of them, just as we do today in 2022. So thank you for a spirit that exists within us, in this room, in this world, a spirit of truth and compassion, a spirit that says comforts us and counsels us. We want that today in our short time together. Thank you that big things can happen. We are a tiny group, but we know we are mighty because of you. So we love you, and we thank you, and we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, welcome again. If you're just uh, tuning in either li- uh, live here on the stream or replay, or you came in later in person, my name is Tony Gapason. I like to 
give what I've been uh, passed on to me about inclusive welcoming for those who maybe are listening or, or doing this uh, via audio. I'm a Caucasian man. My pronouns are he, him, his. I'm wearing glasses, brown hair, and an ugly sweater that says, get your jingle on. Some might not call it ugly, but it's Christmas sweater day. And as I sit in this last Sunday before Christmas Eve, we'll be together here on Saturday night. Uh, I love this story. By the way, I love how, Yasmin, you pronounce Tarad. Uh, I love it because as we go to scripture, uh, all different languages and different backgrounds, we bring who we are to these stories. And so that was cool because it, it woke me up in a new way to how these stories translate to different peoples and different cultures. And that was really cool. So thank you for reading. Uh, the, the story of how I pronounce King Herod or King Herod is one that uh, sometimes I wish wasn't there. It's kind of hard to bring up. In, in the context of the Christmas story, you know, we compress so many things of the nativity into our little one-month celebration. You know, Christmas, the Christmas story, this particular story here, uh, everything didn't happen on one night. Okay, the wise men didn't come on one night, the shepherds, all that stuff could not possibly have happened in one night. Just history tells us there's a little bit of a difference. It's like elongated kind of. We kind of come in and to our, you know, our calendar of 12 months and we kind of stretch the story that's stretched out over a couple of years is kind of put down into our little nice four weeks of, of December. But we, we know something significant about uh, King Harad in the fact that what happens later, and I'll read this uh, to you in a minute here was not pretty, was not the perfect Christmas nativity story that we hope and celebrate and have on our lawns. In fact, if we put some of these images that we see in scripture on our lawns at Christmas Eve, it would look more like Halloween than it would like our Christmas celebration with all the pretty fancy lights. So let me, let me back up because uh, when I enter into these stories as, as, a, as a person, as a human, let alone as a pastor, I'm always finding my personal connection to them. And I know some of us, this is what helps us make these stories tangible, makes them real to us. So I'm going to bring you to uh, less than uh, 48, 72 hours. Uh, my, the last few days, or maybe a few days in this past week, were just really weird. It's really weird things that happened. And everything started to make sense last night as I was in my car around 9 30-ish after I had waited almost two hours to get into this luxurious Christmas display uh, in San Jose. It was a drive-through thing called Christmas in the Park. And I'm sort of doing like a negative Yelp review here, and I apologize. But uh, it was one of those things where, you know, Christmas time. You want to do some things that are fun. How many of you go and watch the lights or drive through a neighborhood for free? Yes, that's uh, what I should have done. Uh, or go to things like uh, the Great America Winter Fest. Like these things exist to remind us, to, to bring us some hope, to give us some shared memories with our friends, neighbors, and family. So uh, I went online, I found this thing I'd never done before, and I paid $30 uh, to do it in San Jose. Uh, and so I put my kids in the car, I got a picture of it, uh, like the illuminated holiday. And it's this drive through thing online. All the pictures look really, really cool. Um, and we had to you know, pay online, get a QR code to supposedly scan in when you get there. And you have a 30 minute window to show up and to participate. Well, our thing was for like eight o'clock. Uh, and so I'm like, well, I'm going to show up early because I'm going to be a diligent dad. And then I'm going to take my kids to do something else afterward, like in and out or something fun. 
Uh, so we got there around seven o'clock and the line for this gathering was two miles around the park. They take this old water park called Raging Waters and turn it into this Christmas extravagance. It was two miles around outside of the park. So I'm waiting on this very busy street and I'm watching. There's no, you know, no like guiding traffic or police things or anything like that. So we normal human people trying to get into what we want to be a really fun experience are getting road rage. And I'm watching, I'm watching people like try to get into the intersection before the light turns green and they're stopped because they can't get out of the intersection. And oncoming traffic is coming. The amount of honks that were happening last night. For a little while, I kind of enjoyed it because I was telling my kids like, oh, this is really bad driving <laughs> technique. Girls never turn into an intersection if you know you can't get through and you know, blah, blah, blah. And at one point we waited at the stoplight for three iterations of it because we couldn't get through. And I watched people roll down their windows and yell. I watched a guy get out of his car and throw his hands up. And I was like, oh, this is good. This is drama, you know? But then when I got through the intersection and had to wait, no joke, another hour and a half. So it was a half an hour, an hour and a half. I was, my leg was cramping. I was complaining. My poor, I had my two youngest, my 11 and 13 year old. And I was just not doing good at being the positive, optimistic dad. They, on the other hand, like they each had a phone, so they were fine. I was like, nothing, just listening to Christmas music over and over and over. I was going a little nuts. And as I was in this waiting time, you know, I'm thinking about what I'm saying today. I'm just processing my week. And then I started to think about all the weird little things that happen in my week that I wanna, that I wanna tell you about. Uh, one was, I got this text so I, you know, part of my, my life, and I do a lot of freelance work. I do a lot of um, short-term gigs, sometimes a day, sometimes a month. Uh, one of them was this gig that I had applied to that on paper looked like this was me. It was exactly what I'm really, really good at. I'm a shoe-in, a super prideful, I guess. And I sent my resume to this thing. I could do this. I could do this, like, in my sleep. It was a, what was it called? A community impact uh, I love working in the community. I love doing things that educate and help and uplift the community. And I applied to this thing and had a friend who was on the inside, but I went through all of the official things that I should have on LinkedIn. And my friend texted me, I felt bad for him. He texted me, hey, HR reviewed your resume and they said your skills and experiences are not a good fit. And I texted back, literally I was like, are, for the community impact gig, are you serious? And then he's like, we'll let you know when other opportunities arise. I was like crushed, to be honest. And then I said, am I going to get an official rejection or is this just a rejection by text? That was a little bit like, you know, being sarcastic and uh, kind of passive aggressive, I guess. I still haven't gotten my official uh, rejection on that. But I just thought, okay, that's, that's just weird. That just threw me off. The other thing is, I got a, a message from FedEx. Hi, we're trying to deliver a package for you, uh, the, the wrong address, it can't be delivered, so it's gonna be at our shipping plant in Menlo Park, which is about 20 minutes from my house. Okay, it's fine. So I called, and I said, yeah, um, what's the address you had? And they, they, they read off the exact address in which I live. <laughs> and I was like, um, wait, that's the right address. What do you mean? It's an incorrect address. Oh, sorry, but they just couldn't deliver. I was like, okay. So I go to, I drive to FedEx, uh, you know, traffic, blah, blah, blah. I get there, they scan my thing. Oh, it's actually on a truck. It's out to being delivered right now. <laughs> okay, great. 
So I wait, nothing delivers, nothing delivers that, that day. So then I, I call back the next day. I'm like, hi, I'm checking my package. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, looks like it's still out for delivery. I'm like, it's still out for delivery? And then I'm starting to go, you know what? It's holiday time. Just take a breath, Tony. These people are doing the best that they can. Long story short, it gets um, delivered, right? Uh, they say it's delivered nowhere to be found. Can't see it around my house anywhere, nothing. They delivered it to my neighbor's house. My neighbor at the time had the um, son-in-law visiting. The son-in-law picked it up and put it in his car. And he, he lives in Sunnyvale, which is like half an hour from where I <laughs> And so I'm on the phone with my neighbor's son-in-law. All these, like, oh my gosh, it was just like, I still haven't gotten it back. I'm hoping to get it back tomorrow. We'll see. So I'm carrying all of this stuff. This happened, like, honestly, within four days. So we finally get out of this 20-minute um, experience that we waited two hours for. And, of course, I had promised my kids in and out and, um, and all this other stuff. And two hours in the car, what else do you have to do after you waited two hours in the car? You have to go to the bathroom, right? And it's like 10 o'clock at night before we find some food. So finally I pull into I'm – I'm not going to call – this out, but I see uh, a fast food restaurant that's open until 10 o'clock. So we get there. I go, good. I'm thirsty. We're all parched. Let's get something to drink or we'll buy some fries or something. <laughs> so I'm waiting in line. I shuffle my girls. I go to the bathroom while I'm waiting in line. And I'm waiting in line. You know, there was nobody in front of me. I'm ordering. And then they come out like with long faces. The bathrooms are closed. They said they're cleaning them. <laughs> like, no! It's not even closed yet. So I got my dad, but I'm like, I'm going to go talk to them. I'm like, Dad, no, don't. It's fine. I was like, there are customers in here. They can't close the bathroom. They're like, Dad, leave it alone. Leave it alone. I'm like, fine. And I told the lady, I was like, um, we don't need that food or fries. We'll go somewhere else. So we walked out, and I'm like grumbling. That's bad customer service. And all this stuff. I'm like, gosh, what is wrong with me right now? Well, what is wrong with me is there's all that, that the world has these broken parts and these broken places. And yes, it's so silly. You know, lost package, a, a rejection via text, the closed bathroom. But then there's stuff like, you know, I follow so closely what happens in pop culture. Uh, there's loss of life. Some of you might recognize this image of a, a man named Twitch uh, who uh, died by suicide this week. And and people die and take their lives every day. In fact, every 22 minutes, a veteran does uh, what statistics say. But this one, because he was so joyful and smiley, and he was on these, uh, these shows where he brought life and music and dancing, it hit the world, I think, in a, in a different way. And it hit me in a different way, as, because suicide has such a close place in my, in my heart, and it just... It triggers me in such a way that I go, ah, I think I was carrying a lot of that this week, thinking about those broken places, which I wanted to just bring to your attention. If you don't know, there is a new crisis lifeline, kind of like 911. It's 988. If you ever, you or someone you love is ever in a challenging place, it's these three numbers on your phones, 988. I also have the uh, suicide prevention lifeline saved in my phone. If you ever need to get someone into this, uh, I would encourage you to save it as well. And I'll just take a moment and, and read it out loud. If you want to even pull out your phone right now and save it in your phone, these are the type of things that we can do, these little small things. You never know how it might impact somebody. It's 1-800-273-8255. Just save it in your phone as a suicide prevention lifeline or a suicide lifeline. These things can help someone find that hope when they're finding themselves in a broken place. And so I have been carrying, 
I think a lot of these little reminders this week that the world isn't always as it should be. There's little things that are off. As small as a closed bathroom too soon to someone feeling hopeless in a hotel room and making a decision to end it all. You might go, like, what does this have to do with Christmas and the Christmas story? Well, I think so much. The part that I was saying about King Harad is that the, the story goes on to say um, in Matthew chapter 2, verse 13, that after the wise men left, the angels appeared to them as well. We were singing earlier about angels, hark, the herald angels sing, things like that. That there was all these supernatural interventions Remember last week we talked about how angels seemed to present to Mary what was going to be happening to her, but also intervened to Joseph to prevent him from pushing Mary away, from pushing the goodness of God away because of the way that it looked. Sometimes things are so sacred that they're strange. And in Matthew chapter 2, we see another divine intervention that the, the wise men we're told not to go back to the king because this king had ulterior motives. This king was full of jealousy and rage and did not want his kingdom threatened. So therefore, when he heard of a prophecy of a child that would be king, what did he do? This is the part that, again, if this was a nativity scene on our lawn, it would be more appropriate for October is he instructed all of the children, ages two and under, to be slaughtered. It's a part of the Christmas story that I just hate that it's there. But in some way, the fact that it's there reminds us of the humanity, of the hope that came to us through a child that disrupted a broken world so much and elevated in people their most vile responses to this hope. So much that they would try to take out the light of the world. It says, I'll read it in Matthew chapter 2. After the wise men were gone, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, said, Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay here until I tell you to return, because Harad is going to search for the child to kill him. I will tell you to return because Herod is going to search. Sorry, that night Joseph left for Egypt with the child and his mother and they stayed until Herod's death. They fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. I called my son out of Egypt. This is the part I love about the story and those who are really active uh, in social justice and in caring for the oppressed and marginalized often bring up this part of the story that we neglect on our Christmas cards is that the Holy Family, Mary and Joseph and the baby, had to seek refuge. They were refugees. They had to depart for their life was being threatened. And they went to Egypt for two years. Herod was furious when he realized the wise men had outwitted him. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under. And based on the wise men report of the star's first appearance, Herod's brutal action fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah, that a cry was heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted for they are dead. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph again and said, Get up, the angel said, take the child and his mother 
back to the land of Israel because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. So again, I'll show you that iconic silhouette that we've been sitting in the past four weeks and remind us that this perfect picture is so much more. A mother who, gosh, this, this image is just, this thought is, uh, is heavy, but a mother who holds a child that is hers yet not and trusted to raise God and at one point has to flee for refuge as they hear, according to this prophecy from Jeremiah, weeping and mourning coming from the distant village around them. Powerful human stories that we see happening every single day around the world, right? that we hear about in the news, that are so close to this holy family's life and experience. This is the Christmas story that we celebrate, that we are invited to enter into. Uh, and I want to show just a couple images. Just, um, I'll give 30 seconds here. Different artistic depictions of Mary, Joseph, and Jesus to remind us of the complexity, of the diversity of this story. Next slide. Oops, sorry, go back. And then the final one in uh, solidarity with Ugly Sweater Day or not, I am thankful Egypt opened their borders to these refugees. Isaiah 9, chapter 6 to 7 says, For to us a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. What I find so hopeful in the midst of what we might even call tragic is that Mary and Joseph would have known true, uh, wholeheartedly, this prophecy uh, as good Jewish people. They would have known Isaiah's promise here. And imagine, just like we all are invited to, just like me and my ridiculous 72 hours of text messages and lost packages and waiting in a, a line for Christmas lights, I am invited to make sense of the world too. I am invited to hold this prophecy, this, this one, 4,000, 5,000-year-old prophecy in light of what's happening in 2022 today, just like Mary and Joseph would have as they sought refuge, as they held that baby. This is the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Of his greatness, of his government and peace, there will be no end. How does that make sense? How does Mary and Joseph make sense? I wonder how they make sense of that as they lived out their experience, as they fled, as they returned as that every single day unfolded before them, as they maybe even shook their heads to the sky wondering, really, God? This? This is what you intended? This is what the story? This is the promise? This is what I said yes to? Again, I wonder, I don't know specifically, but I wonder if these things flooded their mind 
because they flood my mind on a regular basis. And that's part of the beauty I appreciate about our scripture. In fact, I love, uh, if you came in early today and listened to the band practice, I'm going to reveal some of their secrets. It was so cool uh, as they were wrestling through the lyrics of the songs. I'm sure some of you, I hope some of you, you are invited to do that of anything I say, anything we sing. Why are we singing these? Do we even believe in these lyrics? Do we believe in these songs that we sing? And why are we singing them? Does God really save? What does this scripture mean? And, you know, it was fun, band, to listen to you. And I love that. That's who we are as the people of God. We get to explore God together. We get to, I might say, it wasn't an argument. It wasn't really a debate, but it was a questioning. It was a, it was a wondering of these stories, of these songs. That's, gosh, I love that and I hate it. I don't always have true sense or, or true peace at times of these things that we hold, of these ancient truths that have been passed down to us. But for unto us a child is born, Mary and Joseph, for us a son is given for the quest in 2022, and the government will be on his shoulders. Susan, Connie, he will be called Wonderful Counselor. And Jeff and Karen, he will be called Mighty God and Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And Anna and PJ, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Susan and Darlene and Jane, I would say all your names if I could. This is true for us, Debbie and Judge. This is true for us today. It's true for me. As I'm sitting in the car, clenching my fist and dealing with my cramped leg, and wondering if I'm gonna blow it with my kids and give them a horrible, <laughs> a horrible Christmas memory. And I even joked like, "This was a bust." And my kids said, "No, not no, it's not, Dad. You know, you always say, well, there'll be a fun story to tell, a bad story, but it'll be a fun story.'" <laughs> so on the way home, I was like, "All right, let me see how I can redeem this here." Turned on the Christmas music, which had already been driving me a little nuts. But I said, "All right, let's sing this out loud," because we weren't singing out loud; we were just listening. And we started singing that song, Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. That one, right? And so, last Christmas, we went through the bust. And that, you know, I started like changing up the lyrics and the Christmas lights sucked, you know, whatever. And then I said, hey, I'm going to turn it down. And then I said to my daughter, like, you turn Lulu, you turn Sarfi. And I turned it down and made them sing out loud. And at one point, we were just laughing. And I, at one point, I turned it down. My daughter was like, I don't know this verse. I don't know this verse. I'm like, make it up. <laughs> And we got home and we were telling the story and I was like, honestly, the only thing that's going to redeem that story is that time in the car, the 45 minutes driving back and being silly with the Christmas songs. And hope won in that moment, right? It's those times, those things that give us this perspective that we can find God, God can find us anywhere and any way. So uh, as we close with communion, uh, I'll need a, one. I just realized I don't have a, a one here. Uh, Christine and others have a little basket if you need one. It's this uniting principle, this story. Oh, thank you, PJ. Let's see, kind of catch it. Thank you. Uh, that connects us. That was really cool. Just what you did. Passing on the elements, reminding us we're all included, that we're not left out, that even if things don't make sense, even if you're wringing hands, it's okay. Mary and Joseph would have wondered some of the same questions we wonder today. Really, God, this is, this is the story you have for me? This is what you meant? 
Really, this is happening in the Ukraine right now? Really, this is happening uh, in downtown Nevada right now? Really? Why? So many broken pieces in the world. And sometimes what I conclude, the hope is that we have this God, this presence with us. And in some way, just like PJ did, we have to step out and remind people that we can bring them in hope to the story too. Remind people that, you know, did I write a long email at midnight last night to the, the Christmas light? Yes, I did. Gracefully saying, I just hope this improves the experience for other people too. Because you don't want negative press, right? Like, like, what can we do to make the world better? We all have this power to do that. We all have been invited to make the world better with the hope of Christ. And know that if you are the person who's in need of that hope, I hope that you receive what you need today too. Maybe we are the people to do it. The people of God. So, when you're ready, Jesus said on the night that he was betrayed, this is my body. Take and eat. And he lifted up the cup and he said, every time you drink, no matter what it is, whether it's eggnog or coffee or water or whatever, tea, whenever you drink, whether it's a waffle or it's a muffin or it's a stale little cracker, you are loved and included in the body of Christ and the family of God. God loves you. Take and eat and drink. Thanks for listening to Holy Cannoli. If you liked my dad's podcast, please subscribe. Give it a review and share it with someone you think would be encouraged by it. Holy Cannoli Podcast is a proud production of Brave Maker Media. For more information or to donate, go to bravemaker.com to make your tax-deductible donation today.